0: Hey there. So we are back for part two of this three part series, the three M's of building wealth as an online or with a coaching business online. And in part one, we talked all about, um, you know, well, let me start off with this. Building your business and creating wealth through your coaching business requires different priorities, different decisions, different leadership uh, philosophies at different times of your business. You guys know if you've been listening to me for any period of time, I always talk about the importance of understanding what season of business that you're in and making sure that you are implementing strategies, that you are refining your business model, that you are taking approaches that make sense for the season that you're in and there's really three different phases that you are going to grow through as you are getting making money getting rich and then building wealth within your coaching business and the first phase is from zero to a hundred thousand dollars in revenue and we talked all about that in the last episode really the importance of why you need like what type of business off business model you need to be using um what do you actually need to be selling? What price point should you be selling at? And when you're in phase one, when you're fo- fully focused, well, your your full focus should be on how do I make money, really packaging a high ticket offer, something that's three to $10,000 in and, and price point. Um, your goal here is not to get a lot of leads. You don't need to have a huge audience, but your goal is to have quality leads who are, you know, qualified leads who are paying premium to work with you so that you can actually put yourself in a financial position to be um, really financially independent from your paycheck. And that's what a high ticket private one-on-one offer does for you when you're in phase one of making money. Today's episode, we're going to talk about phase two, and that's that $100,000 to $300,000 range. This is all about managing your money. And then phase three, we're going to do in the next episode, that's that $300,000 to a million dollars in revenue, all about how to multiply. OK, so if you're in that, I think regardless of which phase you're in, I think it's still very important for you to tune in and pick up these lessons, um, because one thing is if you're in phase one and this you're listening to this episode about phase two, about managing money, um, this gives you full permission not to actually focus on the things I'm going to talk about today, because you need to focus on the season that you're in. So actually you listening to all three episodes and getting a good picture of what are the three different phases are, um, allow, gives yourself permission to not focus on solving problems that are beyond where you currently are, but gives you full body permission to say, okay, these are issues that I'm going to worry about when I get to this phase. That means I can just focus on where I'm at right now, Okay. So I really hope that that gives you um, the, because I think a lot of the time we get mixed up and make investments in our business, join coaching programs, um, spend time exerting on things that are not problems for the season of business that we're in, and we're staying busy, but we're not actually seeing the progress that we want. It's because we're solving problems that are not even problems for the season that we're in, right? So phase two today is that that 100000 to 300 k in revenue, um, all about how to manage money. And for those of you guys who are catching me live right now thank you guys for all the love about my curls i just washed my hair um, over the weekend so <laughs> um, we're gonna be rocking the curls for the next week um and as always i'll be answering questions towards the end of today's live stream um so if you have any questions at all type those in the comments and i'll be kind of filtering through those as we move along or if you're catching this in the replay as always send me a direct message if you want to continue the conversation if you have clarifying questions um or just need some support in a different way you can always Always send me a DM on Instagram at Jeicia Hawk So part two phase two we're talking about today that hundred to three hundred thousand dollars in revenue where the M that we're talking about is how to manage and the first thing I want us to get clear on and if you have your notebook out um, or whatever write these things down because I think a lot of the time when we think about managing money at this phase we think about sales which is important. But managing, you also need to learn how to manage your marketing, and you also need to learn how to manage your client delivery. And I say the fourth thing that we're going to be learning how to manage, and that you need to learn how to manage at this phase, is like radical focus. And you're um and so those are the four things that we really need to focus on managing when you're when you're growing your business from hundred thousand dollars in revenue to three hundred thousand dollars in revenue with your coaching business, managing your sales, managing your marketing, managing your client delivery, and I think managing your mindset is a, is a fourth piece there, but I want to talk about that from like a radical focus and like unapologetic discipline perspective. So when we think about um, our business model at this phase, and this is true for pretty every single client that I've worked with. This is very true for my and reflective of my business journey as well, is that when I got to a place, you know, I was selling private one-on-one offers. Um, and this is my actual business journey. Uh, this, and it might happen really fast. So I was working full-time as an engineer. Within eighteen months, I had replaced my salary, quit my job, um, and we had you know booked one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in sales like it was it happened pretty quickly in my opinion, um just because you know I spent eight to nine months kind of tinkering around unfocused trying to sell low ticket offers, trying to grow an email list, trying to um, make this lower end membership model successful. And it was completely out of alignment for the season of business I was in and for the capacity that I had available. So then another six months or another eight months of pure focus on premium price, you know, high ticket offers, enrolling clients at that $3,000 to $10,000 price point. I had worked with maybe five or six clients, private one on one at about a three to $3,500 price point. And then from there, I transitioned, I, I created, I launched my very first small group program. Um, it was $9,000, it was six women enrolled, and that really put me in a position of moving into phase two of Manage. So for you, you know, you're selling premium price, high ticket one on one or you're selling, um, you know, maybe doing maybe you've had your first or your second small group container at that premium price point, that three to ten thousand dollar price point, And now you're at a place where you're at six figures in business. And when we think about that hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand dollar price point, we have to start thinking. The first thing that we have to recognize is how does my business model need to shift at this phase? Because when you were in phase one, you really didn't have a business model. You know when I was selling one on one, and because you're kind of testing a lot of things out, your 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 business model is premium priced. Hopefully, high ticket one on one. If you're following in the uh, you know footsteps of what we're outlining here, um, but you you know your 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 offers are very customized. Your delivery is extremely customized. It's very tailored to the client itself. Um, there's a lot of all of your intellectual property and a lot of the value that you can offer and that you are able to position is what's still stuck in your head. You probably don't have a documented process yet. You know, there's a lot of customization happening. And when you transition into phase two and you're at that 100K moving to 300K, you really have to start thinking about, OK, I need to now manage expectations when clients come work with me. I need to start creating healthy boundaries so that I'm not creating codependent relationships and also so that I'm putting myself into a position where now I'm actually creating the foundation for me to have a scalable offer. And I want to say that again. This is just now the time where you're worrying about, is my offer actually leverageable? Is my offer scalable? You're not worrying about that in phase one. So phase two, now the priority shifts of, okay, I need to start managing my business model i need to start managing client expectations i need to start managing what is the um the program promise that i'm really really delivering here from an offer positioning a messaging you know ex. when i think about expectations what does somebody expect to get from me when they work with me and how do i now package that into a container that does create the foundation so that i can scale this later i'm still not worrying about scaling it right now But i'm making strategic decisions on how i structure this offer how i price this offer how i outline the client experience so that it can be scalable when the time does come and this is where you have to start thinking about okay what is the business model that i want to use or i want to double down on in order for me to grow my business and you have options at this point Um, when you're at that 100k going to 300k in revenue if you're doing high ticket one-on-one some business owners will go down an agency route where they want to create a firm, they still want to offer, you know, very done for you type services for their clients. And now their focus, if they go down the agency route, is how do I now hire more team members to take over client delivery? Um, And I'm really, you know, still growing out this firm, but we're still doing done for you services. So that's one route that you can take is going down the agency route. Um, The other route that you can take is, you know, maybe you start, you recognize uh, that you want to actually go low ticket. And I think it's still a bit premature to go low ticket at this phase of like creating, you know, um, entry level digital courses or creating, um, you know, really price uh, conscious memberships, you know, that are 25, 37, $100 a month. Um, I still think it's very difficult to do that at this phase, but it is a business model choice you can make of like, I want to go low ticket, create digital courses. And I think that's normally the route that I see most people taking. Um, but it's, it backfires (laughs) like nine times out of 10. Many clients are like, Jay, I was doing really, really well selling premium. I thought in order for me to scale, I had it, I had to create, um, um, you know, an entry level digital course or an entry level membership. Um, so I did that, but it's still not selling like what's wrong. And I'm not sure if you're in that season or not, but that's something that we get often when clients come to us. They try to create an evergreen webinar. They try to create a lower ticket digital course Um, and their business model. Either there's there's normally the misalignment. And what I mean by misalignment is if they're really good at selling premium price, it's a it's a completely different marketing and sales strategy to sell something that's low ticket. And also, if you're used to working with clients who are fully committed to the process because they also paid premium, they're just a different type of buyer. Their their commitment level to the client experience and showing up and doing the work is very, very different than a client who is paying $100 or $300 or $1,000 to get access to your course. So a lot of the time you have to really think about... Um, If I really enjoy helping clients get the full result that I'm promising, if I really like going deep with clients versus then staying shallow at the service surface, um, that can be a really detrimental business model for you to engage in. Not just because of a not just from a profitability perspective, but because of like an energetic alignment perspective. Like um, it's just a very different caliber of client. So your client experience, your marketing, and your sales would be completely different. From What's already been working for you. So that's the second route that you can take. And I wanted to take some time to kind of talk that through because I think it's a route that many people think they have to take. Um, But I think oftentimes it's a route that many of us don't need to be taking because it's completely out of alignment with our mission. It's out of alignment with the level of impact that we want to create with clients. Um, It's out of alignment with like how we actually like to sell, how we like to market and how we actually like to support clients through the delivery um, and through the delivery phase. So I think that's the second one. So you can either go down an agency route. You can go down the route of creating like a lower end, um, you know, entry level price point Um, you know, digital courses membership route. Or the third route is that you stay high ticket and you just shift repackaging your one-on-one offer into a high ticket group coaching program. And that's the route that I want us to talk about today. And like, I think it's so important when you start to think about, okay, now I'm at this $100,000 phase, right? Maybe making between, you know, 100,000, trying to get to $300,000 mark, Um, recognizing what's the business model or the offer structure that's going to support me to get there. And I think the other, other mistake that we see a lot of clients making is they're at the hundred thousand dollar mark and they think, okay, what's the business model that's going to get me to a million? Oftentimes, the thing that's going like you have to recognize again. This is why I break this up into three different phases. Usually, when you when you're growing from one hundred to three hundred, there's a gap between you get to a million dollars, and that's normally at every one of these phases. Normally, something has to evolve and change. So I really want to invite you to think to rethink. Thinking about if I'm at $100,000, don't get so fixated on what is the offer that's going to get me to a million, but rather think what's the offer that's going to get me to $300,000 that's going to give me the clarity, the insight, and the permission to make the decisions that I need to make at that point to then get me to a million dollars. So I hope that that makes sense. Um so I think the reason why a lot of clients go down the route or a lot of people think that at now I'm making $100,000 in revenue. I need to introduce an entry level or a lower ticket price point. Um, it's premature and it normally happens too soon because you don't have the capacity to do it. And it's now you're overcomplicated your marketing, your sales, your client delivery. Because now you're, it's very, very different than what you have to do if you want to continue selling high ticket. Um, is that they think, well, this is the thing that's going to get me to a million dollars. And you're skipping a step. You just need to focus on what's the offer structure in the business model that's gonna get me to 300K. And then when I'm at 300K, I'm gonna now have a different level of perspective. I'm gonna have new heightened awareness. And now that I'm at 300K, then I can decide what's gonna get me to a million. So I think those are the three different offer structures that we see happen most often in the online space. Either people go down the agency route, they go down the digital course route, or they go down the high ticket group coaching route. And I think if you're trying to build wealth with a coaching business, if you're already having success selling high ticket, if you were able to get to six figures and that was your most prof- profitable offer was a premium priced um, either done for you or one on one coaching container. My thing is why reinvent the wheel? If you're already good at selling premium, you're already good at closing clients over the call. You're already good at delivering that higher end In-depth client experience and it's already proven to be profitable for you. Why try to overcomplicate things by doing something completely like not in that vein or in that wheelhouse from the business model perspective. So I think that that's the point. That's what I do. That's what we teach clients how to do inside of leverage is create leverage with what already is proven to work. So if you've already proven that you can get results private one-on-one, if you've already proven that you can get, um, you know, you know, you know how to sell and convert at that premium price point. If you've already proven that you can deliver at that level, leverage what's already working by repackaging your one-on-one offer into a high ticket group coaching program. And I think one of the biggest things here, we have to start managing our mindset. Many people think or oftentimes think that if I now go to group, I have to reduce the price. And I'm like, who told you that that was true? Like, who said that now that you're delivering in a group container, you have to reduce the price point? And when I think about this, I want to think about, like, the college education system. Harvard, just because now they're teaching in a group class does not mean they decrease the price point. If you think about college, you're you're learning in a group environment. And, you know, I think sometimes we forget that as coaches, when you introduce a group coaching program, you're now also becoming a teacher. You're not just a coach anymore, you're also a teacher. And this is when we have to start doing what's required at this hundred to three hundred K level. When you transition into a group coaching container, you now become a teacher. And how you get clients' results is no longer purely dependent on office hours, you know, private working one-on-one with a client. Your priority needs to shift of how do I unpack my intellectual property in a way to design curriculum so that clients can come through this curriculum, you know, come you you know, I can teach them material. They can comprehend what it is that I'm teaching. And they also have a blueprint, a framework, a step-by-step guide to implement the thing that I just taught them. So your, your price point does not need to decrease just because it's gone to group. You just have to rethink how am I offering and introducing value. And this is why I say your sales, you have to manage how you're selling at this phase because it's different. You know, when you're selling private one-on-one That's a different angle of positioning to get the sale versus I'm selling premium price group program. That's a different objection that you're going to have to handle. That's a different value proposition that you now need to effectively communicate in your marketing and in your messaging. That's a different angle of positioning that you have to learn how to do. And I always say sales is not a sales is not something you do. It is a skill that you learn, because if you're selling private one on one, you're going to position that differently and your ideal client, their buying decision criteria is going to be different versus when you're selling a premium price group coaching container. It's a different, you know, you have that's a different objection that you have to know how to handle. That's a different value proposition that you need to know how to infuse into your marketing and into your sales process. So it's not that something's wrong of like, oh my gosh, like people keep asking me, why do I not like what's the value of group when you used to do one on one? I want you one on one. We have to like you have to retrain yourself and reteach yourself how do I now market, sell, and deliver in a way that still allows me um, to produce um, you know, high level of client results, consistent results for my clients without it being dependent on me. And reducing your dependency is so important at this phase. I'm not saying that you're going to remove yourself from the group program or remove yourself from the client experience. But you have to create now processes and curriculum and structure within your, your client delivery to be able to produce the result that you used to produce just by, like, touching a client one-on-one. And this is why it's so, so important. So, you know, um, your sales has to change. You know, maybe you are, you know, and your marketing has to change. Your positioning has to change at this level. Your client delivery has to change at this level. And it's, but you can leverage what's already been effective in your one-on-one containers And that can be the starting point to, and that should be your starting point for how do I repackage what I was doing one on one? How do I start to learn how to document my intellectual property? How do I learn how to articulate a different angle of value, right? When you go group and you're selling premium, more value does not mean more private access to you. And this is something that I want you to like lean in on, okay? I'm like leaning into the screen and into the microphone right now cuz this is probably one of the biggest misconceptions when people go to group program or when people tell me, "Jay, I've been in a group and let me know this is you. Have you ever enrolled in a group coaching program where like it was, you know, um there were group calls, every call was just like Q&A, you know, you have to wait in turn, wait in line until it was time for you to answer your ask your question." Um, and, and it was really difficult for you to piecemeal like, the steps and the framework that you needed to follow in order to get the results. Um, And really, the only value or the only time where you gained clarity or momentum was when you worked with the coach one-on-one. It was really difficult for you to gain that momentum and clarity just by following their processes or following their curriculum. Or maybe you were in a group container where there was no curriculum. Um, Or maybe there was curriculum, but it introduced a concept, but you still had to talk to a coach private one-on-one to actually figure out how to implement it. And if you've ever been in a container like that before, it can be, um, especially if if it's If It's promised that this is a group container with a methodology that's going to get you a result. It can be very damaging because if you are in a group coaching program and the only time that you get value or momentum is when you talk with the coach privately one-on-one, that means there is a breakdown in their curriculum. It does not mean that group containers don't work. It just means that the person that you worked with has not yet done an effective job unpacking their intellectual property and developing that into a curriculum that can be followed by somebody else. And I want to say that again. If you've been in a group coaching program that did not work for you, it could be peak, usually, and at the only time that you gain momentum, and maybe think about yourself if you have a group coaching program right now, and the only time that your clients get results is if they have um, a significant amount of private one on one access to you, that means that you're one, now you're creating a codependency relationship with your clients. Because they think, now they're starting to believe that they can't get results unless they touch you or you give them permission or give them um, approval or or have some sort of private dialogue with them. So now you're creating a very unhealthy, extremely unscalable codependency relationship with your clients. And secondly, if the only time your clients are getting results is when they're talking to you private one-on-one, it means that you have not done an effective job documenting your process into structured curriculum that a client can follow to get results without you having to take like, without private access to you and i think those are two things that we have to recognize in phase two of manage you know when i talk about managing client expectations managing the client delivery when you repackage your one-on-one into a group coaching program different work is required of you in order to grow your business and guys i'm not even talking about sales and marketing right now i'm just talking about the client delivery you know, this is why people are like, you know, um, what this is why it's so important that you need to just focus on one business model, commit to one business model, because there's so much work that people are skipping, which is preventing them from experiencing the success that they want, because it's either work that they're avoiding doing or it's work that they don't even know they should be doing. So then they, well, I'm going to go grow my email list. I just need to get more leads. Who cares if you get more leads, if you have a codependent client delivery experience that is completely unscalable, it's completely unleveraged, and all you're going to do is what? Get more people in the door, and then it's going to be very, very difficult for you to deliver the promise that you just sold them into. So we kind of have to work backwards. Like, you know, when you get to that $100,000 mark, you have to decide, okay, what is the one business model I'm going to commit to? And you need to slow your roll on investing in all the things and and instead commit to one business model that's going to create leverage for me in order for me to actually create a scalable business. So this is why I say you have to pick just one. It's not I want to have high ticket and I want to have a low ticket membership. Try to do that shit. Call me in six months. Tell me how profitable it was for you. Maybe you can figure out a way to make it work. But most of us don't have the capacity and don't have the capital in order to actually make that effective and to make it effective where it actually will last and be profitable consistently while maintaining a good client experience and client results. And I'm just and y'all know how I am. OK, one, if you got kids, put your headphones on. Um, I think this three part series is like I'm just speaking to you very raw and very candidly. And from, you know, five years of personal experience, per- both from my own journey and the mistakes that I have made, but also from the hundreds of clients that I've worked with. So when you think about, you have to think about capacity and capital. And when I think about capital, I'm talking about money, like cash flow. You know, so many people want to commit to business models where they don't have the cash flow. They don't have the capacity in order for it to be successful. And it's not to say that this can't work. It just is like, d- will this work for the season that I'm in right now? Under the conditions and the constraints that are real for me right now, you know, like, you know, I'm talking to some of my clients inside of legacy, and these are clients who are doing 200k plus. And it's like, you know, you have to you have to really, really be radically honest with yourself and give you have to give yourself permission to be operate out of radical focus and radical discipline. You know, when I talk a lot about what anything is possible, but you have to also ask the question of what's required and am I willing to do what's required to make it happen? And when people start overcomplicating their business models, where it's like, yeah, Jay, I want to sell a high-ticket group coaching program, I'm cool with that, but I also want to have some $37 entry-level membership where I have to create new curriculum every single month, host coaching calls every single month, now I need to market to a completely different audience than what I've been marketing to, because I want to have some sort of, I want to have both. You can have both, but ask yourself, is this the season where both need to exist? Is this the season where both need to exist? And beyond just need, is this the season where both can exist based off the capacity, based off the capital, based off the constraints that are very real for me in this season? And just really be honest with yourself. If the answer is no, then you need to put that bad boy in the parking lot and say, "You know what? I what, let me wait till I graduate from this phase in my business, and then once I graduate, I can go back and in, in that parking lot and see if it's time for me to reintroduce this. But sometimes the reason why we stall out, plateau in our revenue and don't see the momentum that we want is because we've overcomplicated. We've added too much to the boat. Like we have put too much weight on the boat and now the boat can't even really even leverage the wind that God just gives us to keep it moving because we've added too much weight. We've put too much on the boat. When it's like you, God has already given you wind and and got your sails up and going but you're experiencing slower momentum because you're 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 over constraining the capacity of what's even available to you to have success. So I feel like I'm like harping on this because um, this, is, this is probably one of the hardest lessons to learn. And this is also part of the reason why, you know, we're at a phase now where we're decommissioning services that sell. And it's because it's it's what makes sense for the season that you're in. For the past four years, it made sense for us to sell this offer. It made sense for us to serve this target audience. It made sense both profitably, energetically. It was in the most value for our clients. And now that four years has passed, it's like, where is the most value created? What capacity makes sense? What operationally makes sense? Like, you know, things change. So it's like I'm harping on that right now, but you have to really start to think about, you have to pick one business model. Am I gonna stay doing, am I gonna go into an agency route? Am I going to a digital course, You know, a lower price point, high volume route? Or am I going into a premium price group coaching route? And just pick one. Only one. Only one. You pick one. Um, And this is where we have to start managing those expectations, right? So you have to start thinking about from a sales perspective, how am I going to convert these clients? If you're trying to market to two or three different audiences, and if you're selling a low ticket versus a high ticket, those are two different audiences. And when I think about audiences, I think this gets misconstrued a lot in the online space. Because a lot about how people teach about target audience. Um, even though you may be selling to me, and I technically am an ideal client or a target client for your lower end. $37 digital book and your $3,700 one-on-one and your $30,000 group program, right? I, it might be me at different phases of my journey, right? That's how you hear a lot of other people talk about ideal client. The thing that we, most people do not educate you on, this is a huge part of what we teach inside of our programs and services SL sell and in leverage is the psychological behavior of that buyer, So even though I might be an ideal client for all three of the offers that you have at all three of the different price points, my buying criteria and the psychology that I'm going to use, the thought process that I'm going to use, the criteria that I'm going to go through to make a buying decision will be completely different for that $37 book that you're trying to sell me from that $3,700 one-on-one offer you're trying to sell me versus that $30,000 program you're trying to sell me. My, my, like my psychology, the buying decision criteria that I go through before making a buying decision will be completely different for each one of those price points. And when you think about marketing and sales, your marketing and sales need to not just align with the ideal persona that you're trying to go after, but from the psychology that the thought process, the buying decision criteria that they're using to make that investment. That's where your marketing needs to be aligned. Your ideal client is part of that equation, but it's not the only, that's not the end all be-all. That's just X. Y of that x plus y you know equals z or whatever. We're talking about math here now. Your ideal persona is just one part of the equation. Understanding the identity, the beliefs, the thought process, the buying decision criteria of the person is the other part of the equation. And this is where most people skip. like, well Jay, I'm, I have an ideal client and this offer can work for any like this, this person can buy any of these things. Because these offers support them at their different stages of their journey, which is valid. But the thing that you're missing is from a business perspective, your marketing, your sales, your messaging, your positioning, right? How How you actively create content, what you include in your live stream video topics. What your dialogue needs to be once you get them in direct message, how you structure that sales call, the objections that you need to know how to overcome, like how to angle the positioning of the value of this offer with whatever they're like, wherever whatever problem it is that you're trying to solve is radically different based off those price points. And your marketing and your messaging needs to align with the psychology and the decision making criteria of your buyer, not just the persona. If you're only focusing on the persona, you're missing out on a crap ton of profit because your marketing and your messaging isn't aligned with how they're making buying decisions as it relates to that price point. And if you don't even understand, if you have not yet learned that concept, it's going to be, I think, almost impossible for you to create effective marketing and an effective sales process because you don't even understand yet what is the psychological patterns and behavior of this person when it correlates to this specific problem at this specific price point. And this is why I say when you transition into high ticket offers, your marketing and your sales has to change. It's not just because the price point changed, but the psychology of the buyer now has changed. And really think about yourself in this situation. If you're buying, you know, if you're at the car dealership, right, if you're buying a a used $2,000 vehicle, your buying decision criteria, the thought process you go through, the things that you consider are going to be very, very different than if you're buying an $80,000 Tesla. If you're buying some, you know, a 10 year old 2000, you know, used Ford Fusion versus a brand new 2021 Tesla Model S at 90 something thousand dollars, the criteria, the thought process, the beliefs, The hesitations, the objections, the considerations will be very, very different, even though you're the same person and even though you still need a car. So regardless, you know, you're one person, you need a car, you need to get to work, right? You need to be able to drive. You know that you need a vehicle. But the psychology that you're going to approach making these two different buying decisions will be radically different because of the price point. And this is why Tesla, Audi, Range Rover, uh, Mercedes, you know, Rolls Royce, they market very, very differently than Ford, than Toyota, than, I don't know, Nissan. I don't even, I think Toyota, Nissan is a Toyota. But like, you see these, even though they're still all selling cars, right? Uh, Human beings are all able bodies that that need a vehicle, right? Their marketing, their messaging, their positioning is very different because they understand the psychology of the buyer is very different. And this is why, you know, I'm I'm harping on this because when you get into the phase two of going from 100 to 300K, managing, these are part of the things that you now have to consider when deciding which business model makes sense for me. Because which one of these psychological buying buying decision criteria pattern do you want to manage in your marketing, in your sales and in your client delivery? High ticket versus low ticket. Agency where it's done for you or coaching where it's done with you. You have to make those decisions and recognize that when you try to do both, most of us do not have the business foundation to effectively do both at this season. We don't have enough money yet. We don't have enough cash flow yet. A lot of us don't even have this level of understanding really locked down and mastered yet. So you're gonna, you can try to do it, but it's gonna be very difficult and usually very ineffective because we don't, we don't know enough yet. So when you're thinking about, you know, those are some of the shifts that we have to make is that the value is not by me giving more of my clients more one on one. The value is how can I better document my curriculum and better unpack my intellectual property and create frameworks and models like how can I become a better teacher, not just be a better coach which you do also need to continue being a better coach, but you also need to now figure out how do I become a really, really great teacher and an effective teacher where I can introduce concepts. They have an understanding and a knowledge of what I just taught. Um, They have a comprehension where now they're able to apply it. And this is where coaching kicks in is now that they understand it and can apply it, I can now coach them through the implementation and execution of it. You know, it's like, okay, Jay, I did everything that you said, but this is the part that didn't click. Oh, let me coach you around this or help fill in that gap. Right. And then, secondly, from a marketing and a sales perspective, you really need to start dipping your toe into like um, the psychological behaviors, the buying decision criteria, um, understanding market sophistication. Like, and all these things need to be packaged into your offer itself. So, that's when it comes to marketing, sales, and client delivery. Like, this is where the focal point needs to be inside of phase two. And also, why I still think a high ticket group container is a vehicle to really do that for you because. There's so much stuff operationally now on the back end. Everything that I just described, that need, that's the type of work that needs to happen. And it's not that you need to go get more leads because, again, we want to still focus on how can we allow ourselves to grow to 300k in revenue without having to completely demolish everything that we've done. And it's like you still if you're still selling premium price at three to $10,000 price point, a lot of the things that were true for us in phase one are still going to be true for us now. We don't need to have a large audience, right? I don't need to have thousands and thousands of thousands of people on my email list. I don't need to have thousands and thousands of thousands of people on following me on Instagram or in my Facebook group. Because now if I can just get better at refining the messaging, refining the positioning, better declaring my program promise, you know, better unpacking my intellectual property. One is I'll be able to convert at a higher rate. My conversion rates will go up. Um, I'll be able to better qualify leads. You know, I'll be able to better speak to my ideal client at a much deeper level so that I don't have to like really if you just really do that well. Like you really don't have to do much else because a lot of the stuff you doing that work well just continues to attract more qualified leads into your ecosystem. So this is one thing there. It's like it's not like about your your. this is where I think when people talk about shiny object syndrome of like Jay why I need to go do all these things. When you really understand what is truly truly required for me to gain momentum and experience growth that I just need to focus on these things. Focus on better understanding my ideal client, digging deeper um, into their identity levels, and understanding, infusing that into my marketing and messaging. Like that, no, I, most clients take some twelve to eighteen months to do that really, really well. And if you think about that, I didn't say anything about growing an email list. I didn't say anything about running paid advertising. I didn't say anything about building webinar funnels. I didn't say any of that. If you can just focus on these things that I just laid out within 12 to 18 months, we've been able to see dozens of clients go from 100 to 300K in revenue and not many clients have done it even faster than that just because of how quickly they were willing to give themselves permission to only focus on those things. So I think that's the other part. You know I, I think about clients who are in leverage who maybe are experiencing success or experiencing growth at a different pace. It's usually it's because it's how long is it actually taking you to niche down? how long is it taking you to give yourself permission to define a program promise that's very, very specific? You know, how much resistance are you battling against with being able to make these, you know, like make these focused decisions of digging deeper into the psychology of my buyer? Like normally that resistance and that tension, the, the time frame in which people are like battle it and like, I don't know, like don't want to surrender to it like that heavily influences the time frame it takes for you to grow from one to 300 K. And this is why I said this is one of the toughest phases um, is because many there's a lot of internal resistance and a lot of external noise that we're combating against of like, wait a minute. I can grow my business without having to spend more money on paid ads or I can grow my business without creating complicated funnels like my business will naturally grow by me. Actually, double down, double downing, I don't know if that's the right word, of like actually niching down even more. My business will grow when I focus on less clients but at an even higher price point. Like, people will want to pay me premium based off the value that I'm communicating. Like, those are beliefs that many of us have a really difficult time stepping into, fully accepting, fully owning, and like operating out of. And the longer it takes for us to commit to those elements, Uh, or redefine these truths in our thought patterns, um, that's usually very uh, directly correlated to how long it's gonna take you to get from one to 300K in revenue. It's not because you're lacking strategy, but a lot of the time um, it's difficult for us to to lean into that resistance. And it's not that you're lacking the know-how like there's programs, our program exists, you know, leverage is specifically designed to help clients repackage their one-on-one into a high ticket group coaching program. And we teach them how to market, sell it and, and fill it um, without paid advertising. It's only using organic marketing by infusing sales psychology, doing live stream videos, really understanding that buying decision criteria that we talked about and repurposing your live stream content. It's all organic And you know, but when I think about okay, when I when we talk about managing at this level, we have to manage our mindset, manage the truths that we are operating out of and making decisions in our business from, right? Like you know, and we have to think about okay, what are these truths that I need to unwrite and recondition? Um, And who said that it has to be this way? What proof point? Like, and where is there proof that that is even real? Because a lot of the people that we see in the online space and we're trying to mimic. They're, they did exactly what I'm telling you to do, but that's not what they teach you in their program. So that's not what they're showing you. Where it's like, oh, you have to grow an email list and use webinars to sell their program, which might be true. But is that a premium price program? Or is the is the, the promise that you're buying into not in alignment with the business model that you're actually creating? Right. I think so many people are buying and, and investing in coaches and programs without really considering what is the program promise and does this fully align with the, the offer and the price point in which I'm selling my program at. If you keep buying programs on how to grow an email list and everybody in that program that's experiencing success is selling a program that's less than $1,000, but you're also, you're trying to sell some $10,000 group coaching program, part of those part of that promise is gonna be out of alignment with the business model that you have. Or it's like that thing can still work. But just recognize where the gaps in their promise and where your business model actively is, you know, or people like, well, I'm going to buy this program on on Facebook ads because I need to I need to grow my I need to generate more leads. It's like, okay, you might get more leads, but like how strong is your middle of funnel marketing now that you have all these new leads who are showing up to your Facebook page or following you on Instagram? What are you doing to get that follower now to get to a point of conversation so a conversion can take place like, you know, so I think sometimes we misdiagnose A lot of what happens at phase two is people misdiagnose the problem. People misdiagnose the problem. And this is I want to normalize this, that this is part of business. You didn't make a bad investment. You know, when, when you make investments that don't pan out the way that you think they should recognize that they are not failures, they are feedback. This is feedback for you, because a lot of the time in business, we don't know what we don't know. And spending money on making a quote unquote bad investment or an investment that's out of our season is money well spent because it gives us the awareness and the wake up call to say, you know what, I actually don't need this right now. And me spending two thousand or four thousand dollars or whatever you spent to get that level of awareness is important because it allows it gives you feedback to redirect to this is where I actually need to be. And it gives you permission. I think a lot of the time people need to make those investments or make those decisions and go down that quote unquote wrong path to give them the conviction and the belief to know that they can stay on the track that they need to go on. Because a lot of the time people don't believe it. You're like, no, I'm gone. I'm dead set that I need to do X. And until you go down that path and like either see if it works or see if it doesn't, you're not going to really believe what anybody else has to say until you do it for yourself. So I'm not saying that these are bad things or that you did the wrong thing. It's just I'm trying to so much. The reason why I create this content and give and I'm so transparent with you guys is that hopefully you can learn from lessons that I learned and hopefully um, don't have to pay to learn the lessons that I've paid to learn. So much of what I'm telling you right now is because I've spent the 10, 20, $30,000 going down the wrong, I don't say the wrong path, but going down a path that was not in alignment with the season of business that I'm in. And that's why I can speak with such certainty is because I've already spent the 10, 20, $30,000 quote unquote investing in a place that's out of alignment for the season that I'm in. So I'm not saying that you're doing anything wrong. This is part of business. Like business, you're going to make quote unquote mistakes. You're going to invest in the wrong thing at the wrong time. You're going to hire the wrong person at the wrong time. Like that is part of business. And the faster you fail, the faster you get feedback. And this is why I'm, I'm really big on quick starting certain things um, and not trying to overanalyze in my head because there's a balance between making data driven decisions and just trusting your gut. But a lot of the time I recognize that when I've made decisions that were out of alignment for the season that I'm in, I normally would against what my gut told me to do. I did it based off of me comparing myself to somebody else or I did it because I saw somebody else doing it and I thought they were more successful than me. Like I did it out of a place that wasn't really fully emotionally and mentally grounded. And I'm saying that to say that, you know, it takes time to learn how to trust yourself and to also retrain yourself to trust yourself again. Because so many of us have broken so many promises with ourselves over the years that we've gotten to a place where we don't even trust our intuition anymore. And a lot of the time when I made decisions that were out of alignment with the season of business I was in, deep down, I knew it wasn't the right move. I couldn't articulate it. I couldn't maybe I couldn't maybe describe exactly why I knew it wasn't right. But I had the feeling and a lot of the reason why I still chose to do it was because of some ill intended like me judging my situation, me comparing it against somebody else's me, you know, just get like, honestly a lot of the stuff I struggle with is comparison. I see other people doing other things that are, I think are really successful and I admire them for it. Um, sometimes, quite honestly, envy them for it. And I think that I have to do it the way that they've done it. And I will make decisions thinking, well, this is the way that it has to be done. And it's just like, who said that? And where is this even coming from? Like is this belief that you have right now, is it grounded or is it out of a space? Are you making this decision out of fear of being left behind or fear of not growing fast enough or fear that you're not going to be like as visible or or perceived as successful as this other person because they're doing it differently? And I'm sharing this because like I'm human and you're human. And like these are normal battles that you deal with being a business owner is comparison and external like how you worry about being perceived how you even are perceiving yourself and like learning how to read, like, this is so much about managing, you know, again, sales, marketing, client delivery in your mindset here is like, wait a minute, like, where is this even coming from? You know, like, why am I making this decision? Why do I think I need to make this decision? And a lot of the time, you don't get that level of awareness until after you've already done it. So this is why I say like, you know, it's, it's important to recognize what are the investments that I need to be making for this season of business that I'm in? And what is what do I actively need to be focused on during this season? And maybe a better question is what do I not need to be focused on? You guys, anytime that you guys see me growing through a growth spurt, you guys will also notice that the number of people that I'm following on Instagram radically decreases. Why? Because I need to cut out all distractions. Anything that can even hint at a distraction of... A distraction in my sales process, a distraction in my marketing approach, a distraction in my client delivery, a distraction in how I'm making business decisions operationally, a distraction from my mindset and how my thought pattern needs to be, a distraction out of my faith and my spiritual alignment and my belief system. Anything that even has a hint of a distraction is getting unfollowed or blocked. Because I like it, there's already so much battling that we're dealing with on our own, in our own heads, with like the thoughts that we have about ourselves, let alone we do not need those distractions externally. And this is why, you know, when I am working with a coach, it's normally the only coach I'm following because um, I don't need just because other coaches have other processes that work. If I'm following one approach, I don't need any of the distractions of other stuff knocking me off my kilter having any second guessing what i already committed to what i already prayed about before i pursued so i already know that i'm walking in alignment i don't need anything i don't need anything even potentially sliding on my timeline slipping in my dms saying hey have you considered this no i haven't why cuz it's out of alignment with what i prayed on and what my instructions are for this season that i'm in i don't need i don't even need you questioning me i don't even need you inquiring i don't need you even curiositying about me about what i'm doing nope Nope, I I do that on my own enough in my own head. I don't need the external influence. And I think this is what I talk about managing like so much that 100 to 300 K phase is probably one of the biggest breakthroughs that you will experience in your business if you get there. And I'm not saying I'm saying if not because I think you lack potential, but because a lot of the time many people lack the discipline and lack the focus and lack the blinders that's required to grow through this. Like I see so many businesses stuck at this phase or maybe they're at 300K, but they've they've been stuck at 300K for the last five years. It's because they haven't mastered one of these things that I just talked about earlier. And so much about managing in phase two is just it's so important. Um, And I think the other reason why this is difficult, even outside of business, is because your identity is being like morphed and like transformed at such a fast pace during this phase. You now rich, you now got to have different dialogue with your, and I don't say you're rich, but you're in the top 10% if you're making $300,000 a year. Like you're in the very, like you're in a different tax bracket. When you start making this much money, your tax strategy needs to be different. You're normally switching corporation styles. You're talking to lawyers at this phase. Um, You're putting yourself on payroll at this phase. Like You know, you have different conversations with your partner and your spouse and your family members at this phase, like this is probably a time in your life where you actually have financial abundance. You have more than what you actually need. And your identity is trying to reconcile that. Like what? Wait a minute. Like I'm making twenty, thirty thousand dollars a month. Like who? who am I? Like there's so much happening at an identity level at this phase and and an internal belief system at this phase and just personally that you're working through, even outside of all these things that you have to be working through in the business. So this is why I say pick one business model that you're going to focus on. Am I going to go down the agency route? Am I going to go down the digital course route? Or am I going to go down the premium price, high ticket group coaching route? Once you go the high coaching route, okay, now I know what I need to focus on. I need to really understand the buying decision criteria that my clients are going through. I really need to align my program promise with the level of market sophistication um, that's it, that exists right now. I really need to unpack my intellectual property and learn how to become a better teacher by designing instruction curriculum that overcomes objections that clients have with doing the work that's required to get the result. I need to really double down on my, and, and you know, all those things that I was understanding psychology wise. Now I need to infuse that into my marketing, infuse that into my messaging, infuse that into my sales process. I need to develop my own internal sales script. I need to have a, a process that I follow. I need to start creating processes that can be repeatable. I'm not just making it up anymore. I'm not just making it happen anymore. But now I'm learning how to make it recur, where I can do this over and over and over again with proficiency, with you know, precision. And, and, and this is what's required of me at this phase. This is probably the phase where I need to go hire a therapist, because now I'm having all these identity battles. Like You guys understand what I'm saying? So managing at this phase is so important. And we need to think about, too, the other thing I didn't talk about is managing your money at this phase. Because you can, this is where my, this, this was the phase where I really was able to actually start putting myself into a position where I had the liquidity, right? I was liquid enough. I had cash money. Like my grandma said, girl, I got cash money. I had cash money enough to actually start learning how to make investment decisions to build my wealth beyond my personal brand. This all happened for me in phase two. And when I was making about $330,000 in revenue, right, three hundred dollars was at the peak of phase two. I had more than six figures in the bank. That was profit. After I paid myself, after business expenses, after everything, I had more than $100,000 in the bank that I could move into an investment vehicle, that I could move into purchasing an asset. I could move that money out of the business to invest in a wealth building vehicle beyond my personal brand. And this is why I say having a high ticket group program is such an important route to do because I was able to grow the high ticket group coaching program, you know, sell that at a pace and at a rate where I was still maintaining very, very high profit margins. And even though I was in a growth season of my business where I was spending more money than normal. That money was not going towards paid advertising. That money was not going towards, um, that money was being invested in things that were allowing me to build the infrastructure, you know, investing in coaching programs, you know, really investing in documenting my curriculum and hiring um, team members and other people to help me with repurposing my marketing. Like I was investing in things that were helping me strengthen the infrastructure operationally of my business. And even though I was spending more money in that regard, I still had more than $100,000 in profit in the bank. And the reason why I say this is that I could have chose to not grow beyond that. Just keep repeating that every single year. $300,000 is such a beautiful place to be in in business, especially if you have at least $100,000 in profit where you can move that money out of your business. So maybe you have two hundred grand that's supporting all the expenses of the company and supporting your personal lifestyle, and then you have another $100,000 that can be moved into an investment vehicle. You can use that first $100,000 as the down payment to buy your house or to pay off your mortgage. The next year, you have another $100,000. Put that into an investment account that's earning 8 to 10% put that into a, cause you need, th- th- this is where the game changed for me. And I'm so glad, um, God brought me my husband, um, Darinas, is because he manages a hedge fund and he really introduced me to the concept of like, what do the, all, like, what do the wealthy do? They invest in when you become a high net worth individual, um, different investment opportunities are available to you. And when you're making $250,000 a year in your business, and if you're a 100 percent owner in the business, which you will be if you have a coaching business, you now can be considered a high net worth individual, which gives you access to invest in private equity opportunities. It gives you access to invest in hedge funds. It gives you access to invest in, in investment vehicles that have significantly higher returns than what the average American gets access to. And normally, in order to play the game with those hedge funds, with private equity, with some of those different types of institutional management um companies or management firms or management practices, you normally at minimum, at minimum need to have $100,000 cash to even engage. And when I think about that, it's like, okay, how can I use my coaching business and operationally to structure it in a way, you know, high ticket coaching program, um, organic marketing, really lean operations so that I can ensure that I'm maintaining high profit margins. You guys understand I'm thinking beyond just making money. You got to think more than just making money. we just start thinking about, okay, I'm trying to eradicate the, ra- the racial wealth gap. I'm trying to get to the freaking starting line because I'm so far in the negative. What, how do I need to play my cards and what's really required of me so that I can do that? And a, and a high ticket group coaching program business model that's focused on organic marketing and lean operations is a beautiful vehicle to get you there. Because you can be making $300,000 a year with $100,000 in profit. And then that $100,000 in profit, you can move into an, inv- into an investment vehicle that can help you build wealth. You guys, Are you guys picking up what I'm putting down? I feel like I'm getting hot, but I'm just I'm just getting real passionate right now. Like, are you picking up what I'm putting down? You've got to start thinking beyond just making money. Like we've got to break this this hustle mentality mindset, because I don't know anybody working two jobs and makes more money than one person making one. And I don't know anybody working three jobs who's making people who work harder, working two jobs, three jobs. I don't know anybody who actually makes more money than the person who's doing it smart. Think about it. Like I think about so many people in my family who worked double jobs, triple jobs and taking the day shift, the mid shift, the night shift, the overnight shift. And they always broke. I'm like, how you got so many jobs? And you ain't never got no money. It's because they're stuck and they only focus on how am I making more money versus how am I managing my money? How am I being smart about the decisions that I'm making? How am I operating out of radical focus and unapologetic discipline? How am I making sure that I'm I'm taking short-term sacrifices? Yeah, it might be uncomfortable. Yeah, this might be. Jay, it's hard to niche down. Guess what? It's hard being broke year after year too. Jay, it's hard figuring out my positioning. Guess what's also hard? Living paycheck to paycheck. Like Jay is hard, only only going all in on a business uh, on one offer for a one year. Guess what's also hard? Struggling financially for the next decade. Like, yeah, these things are hard, but they're not impossible. They are not impossible, and and we have got to recognize people think about their business in such a short term perspective. Like, well, Jay, I want to, I need to have a new offer every six months. Since if you're thinking long term, we're like, listen, if your business exists for ten years, you have time. You have time. Like, you don't have to be doing everything right now out of the gate. Like, you have time to introduce new offers. You have time to create new programs. You have time. Like, stop thinking so short-term. Like, if you're building a business, like, you've got to be thinking three years, five years, ten-year time frames. You know, like, people are like, well, Jay, I need to have a book. I need to have a digital course. I need to have a coaching program. I need to have a consulting agency. I'm like, you've been in business for less than nine months how is this all about to work and you just started nine months ago from zero you have time like why y'all like stop rushing the process you're not even honoring the process and like really analyze where is that coming from like what am i afraid of missing out on like why why do i not believe that my business is going to exist long enough for all of these seeds to bear fruit like why am i rushing the harvest I keep picking up my seeds, moving it in the dirt, picking up the seed, moving it to another place in the dirt, picking up the seed. Move. It's like, just give it water the damn thing. Give it time to grow. And some seeds, all seeds don't need to be planted at the same time. I don't know nothing about agriculture. I don't know a lot. But I know that there's certain seeds that you need to plant in different times of the year. You can't plant them all in the exact same spot at the exact same time thinking they all going to grow what happens if you put a tomato next to an apple tree next to a oak tree next to a I don't know zucchini like you can't put all the stuff you can't put all the seeds in the same spot at the same time thinking they all gonna grow and again I don't know that much about agriculture so maybe you can do that but I I don't know I I, I don't think you can do that okay I think about my little plants I even got in my house they got to be in different spaces they take different. They need. They need different levels of attention. I can't water my fig tree the same way I water um, my my you know my rose bush outside. They they take different. They take different things, different approaches. So stop trying to plant all your seeds at the same damn time. Just be patient. The soil ain't going nowhere. God ain't going nowhere. The water and the sun ain't going nowhere. And you ain't going nowhere. No. Just just give yourself some time. Who child? I feel like I just got off. Okay. But all, what I was trying to get to the point of, I, don't, I, I gotta, I gotta reel me back in, y'all. I'm getting hot, okay, and get my my chest getting tense. Um, but we just gotta uh, exercise some patience here, and a, exercise some perspective here, and 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 exercise some 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 discipline here, y'all. Got okay? It's like I'm talking like Reverend T D. Jakes now or something. Like, come on, y'all, get it together. Um, But we have got to start. Phase two is really the time period (laughs) where we have to start thinking beyond just making money. And we have to start thinking about okay, how can I manage my money to make my money work for me? And because so many of us are building coaching businesses, if you're still listening to this, you understand that concept is that your coaching business is not going to have a traditional exit strategy as normal brick and mortar or other businesses. Your goal, your exit strategy, and this is, again, something else we need to start thinking about at this phase is what is my exit strategy? You're not going to sell, most of us, 99% of us are not going to sell our coaching business and get an exit. And that exit is the thing that get, builds our wealth. We are our exit strategies. We, Our business is our retirement plan. And I think about that very, I take that very, very seriously because how I make decisions in my business will absolutely d- determine the level of comfort that I live in when I'm 40, 50, 60 years old, right? Because many of us are not going to be wanting to do live stream videos when we're 55 years old. And like the beautiful thing of when you operate your coaching business, if you do high ticket coaching, lean operations, um, low dependency on paid advertising, so that you can be operating with high profit margins. You can literally buy your retirement in like a fourth of the time period that it would have taken if you were in normal corporate America. You can buy your retirement in 10 years versus spending 40. You know, you can retire in 10 years. If you're making $100,000 profit every year, you got $300,000 business, you have $100,000 in profit after your payroll, after you paid yourself, after your business expenses, after paying your team, after paying for everything, you have $100,000 left over. If you invest at hundred thousand dollars into a vehicle that's earning, let's just say fifteen percent, which if you have a hundred grand, you can get access to opportunities that are producing fifteen percent returns or more. Do that ten years over, bruh. You've probably you've made more now off of that hundred thousand dollars a year with fifteen percent returns and profit than you would have made in forty years investing four percent into your four hundred one k was a two percent match. You would have made more money in that time period than you would have made in 30 years at your normal 401k at your job. So it's just like you got time and play it smart. Like we've got to think about, you know, I think so much of what we see in the online coaching industry. And I'm just saying 15 percent at minimum. Like I think about my husband's hedge fund. He gets significantly higher than 15 percent returns year over year. And when you're now at a high net worth individual, you have access to those investment opportunities that do produce 30, 50, 100 percent returns. Um, Or you can you know, you can there's so many different routes that you can take. But now you actually have money to play those games. You know, people talk about real estate investing. You ain't got to just buy the busted down $8,000 house that was foreclosed in the hood. Like you can actually buy a house in the suburbs. That's $150,000, $200,000 with like decent tenants who are paying you fifteen to $1,800 a month in rent. Like you ain't got to start from the bottom all the time. If you have money, your credit can even be shot because you can pay cash. Like you can even if your credit is shot cash is king even if you maybe you ain't got time to build your credit back up but if you can build your cash up you ain't got to go to the bank to get the mortgage you ain't got to go to the bank to get the loan you now are your own bank like and this is why I get so passionate about what I do why I'm so consistent and religious about the approach that I teach is because when you can learn, you know, you got you to understand how these, the, the tools that we're using to play the games that we're playing, social media. I, I use social media to grow my business. It's the backbone is, of my lead generation is social platforms. So I master how do these platforms work and how can I use them in during this season of my business, during this time period where it's accessible to me, to make as much, get as liquid as I can and generate as much profit as possible. Because that puts me in a position to make different plays. Even if people, you know, people tell me, Jay, my credit is shot because five years. Guess what? Make more money. Well, I don't want to pay too much in taxes. Make more money. Having a high tax bill is probably one of the biggest privileges in life. And it took me time and a mentor to help me reframe that. Well, Jay, I don't you know, if you worry every year about how you can never pay taxes, that means you're not making enough money. If you're not making enough money, if you want to owe a tax bill at the end of the year because like there's things that you can do to mitigate and minimize that tax liability but like if you are trying every single year to just how do i make just enough so i ain't gotta owe uncle sam nothing you playing too small like if you ain't gotta pay no tax bill every year you're not making enough money you're not making enough money and you know people tell me i'm worried about insurance and insurance is a very real thing but then ask myself how much more money do i have to make where i can afford to pay for whatever type of insurance i need to afford You know, like so you there's a I think there's two different approaches when I talk about managing sales, managing marketing, managing your client delivery, managing your money and and most importantly, managing your mindset. Instead of saying how much more money do I have to save? How much money do I like? How much more money? Like how much what do I need to cut in order to afford this? Think about how much more money do I have to make? And that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to make more revenue. A lot of time it could just mean how can I increase my profit? By operating smarter, by you know, structuring my business model in a way where it doesn't take more money, it doesn't take more investment in to actually create a higher dollar amount. And this is why you know, I, I really focus on how can I get to a million dollars without dependency on paid ads. Because I know so many business owners that they can make more money if they spend more money. And the cool thing about my business is that our expenses are pretty fixed month over month. Like we can spend pretty much the exact same amount of money and that does not dictate how much profit like we can spend. the We have pretty fixed expenses month over month, but it doesn't necessarily have a direct influence on how much money we actually make and how much profit that we create. Because our business is not dependent on me spending more money on advertising in order to increase our leads and increase our sales. It's not dependent So if we choose to spend money on ads, it amplifies the gap, you know, it amplifies that gap between our expenses and our revenue, but it's not like direct correlation. You know what I'm saying? So it's so important at this phase to really be thinking about the decisions beyond just how do I generate more leads, but really thinking about, okay, what's the business model that allows me to have the profit margins that I need to have? So that I can manage, so I can even create the first pool of money that I can even manage to one, put me in a position where I can build wealth and invest in things beyond my personal business. But secondly, like so that I can actually like grow this thing, you know, what are the, how can I not just make it up, not just make it happen? How can I make things recur by having curriculum so that my clients can rec- can c- continuously get the same type of results, so, that my marketing can recur with content repurposing and, and moving my marketing in different social channels so that I can increase my lead flow by repurposing my content on different channels. You know, I think that's the biggest thing that we teach. One of the most advan- advantageous things that we teach inside of Leverage and Legacy is how to repurpose your content. You know, if you have one channel, maybe your Facebook is doing really well where you're getting three, two to three new clients a month paying you five to $10,000, right? So then it's like, how can I now repurpose that content onto a podcast and get that same new lead flow? So now I've just doubled my revenue without doubling my expenses because I've just repurposed content that was already working well on Facebook and moved it to podcast. Now, how can I um, move that same content to YouTube? And I get that. I figure out how to get that to work. And that's working well now. I now just tripled my revenue because I've now tripled my lead sources without spending more money on paid advertising. Content repurposing is a way for you to scale your lead generation. And it's not we're not playing the volume game. We don't need thousands of new people following you every day. We just need normally two to three new people buying from you every month at a premium price point in order for you to double and triple your revenue. You guys get what I'm saying? Like there's so many other ways to play the game than what we see or normally try to mimic what we see in our online space and there's different approaches that we need to be taking. Um so managing is and I'm I'm spending a lot of time on this because this is such a critical point in your online coaching journey that 100 to 300k this is where most people get stuck this is where most people don't break through or this is where most people plateau and it's because of one of the things that I've discussed today they're improperly managing their sales their marketing their client delivery their money or their uh or their mindset and they're probably in the, this, they're probably focusing on too many business models at one time, focusing on too many marketing approaches at one time. Like this is the time where if it ain't one, then it can, it's just one and that's it. Just pick one. Go all in on one. Focus on one. One sales process, one marketing process, one client delivery system, one offer, just one type of business model. That is it. And I, you know, 12 to 18 months of just focusing on one thing will get you there. It will get you there. So I, I really, really hope you guys got a ton of value out of today's episode, uh, all around phase two, managing your money so that you can grow from one to 300K with your group, your coaching business, um, really focusing on repackaging your high ticket one-on-one into a high ticket group container, um, really thinking about your marketing and sales for how can I do this with the most profit potential, you know using organic marketing, understanding how to repurpose my content. And then thirdly here, how do I manage my mindset and manage my money? In the sense of how am I thinking about my money, you know, how am I moving my money out of my business to generate wealth and just put my how do I even just managing money because first phase is you got to get liquid first. People talk about I want to invest. You got to have money to invest. You need to get liquid first and phase two can get you liquid and just get because you need to have the money to make the move. If you ain't, you can't make no moves. You ain't got the money. So phase two really does allow you to manage your business operationally so that you do produce high profit margins. So you have the liquidity so that you're in a position so that when you move into phase three, you can move that money and build wealth beyond your personal brand. So if you're somebody who is on the edge right now who needs support, if you're in phase one, you got enroll in services that sell before March 31st. Um, March 31st, 2021, we are closing this program down for good. This is the last client cohort that we're taking in. Um, so if you're trying to get from zero to a hundred thousand dollars with your group coach, with your, uh, coaching business, and you really want to learn the art of just high ticket one on one selling, services that sell is a really, really great place for you. Um, You can send me a direct message and I can give you all the details. If you're somebody who's in the leverage phase, who's ready to repackage their one-on-one and transition that into a group container, um, you're really focusing on now, okay, how do I now manage the operations of my business from sales, from marketing, from client delivery? How do I unpack my intellectual property, really develop a strong curriculum so that I can make my sales, my marketing and my client delivery recur and have repeatable um, results for my clients. And from a lead generation perspective, leverage is a really, really great place for you. Um, so, again, if you have any questions, you can send me a direct message on Instagram or Facebook and I can point you in the right direction of what's the best fit for you. Um So, yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Phase three is coming next. We're going to be talking all about how to move, how to multiply your money, really going from $300,000 to a million dollars in revenue um, as a coaching business. And we'll be talking and breaking down all of those concepts for you as well.